Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Yali Elkin from Live Dial. Yali, how are you doing today? We're doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Great. Cool. So, you know, thanks for being on the show. Um, you know, we'd love to hear a little more about your background first, and then we'll dive, we'll dive deeper. Sure. Um, so my background is primarily in uh, corporate finance and corporate development. Uh, I spent most of my career, um, I'd say, focused on uh, uh, analytics, on uh, projections, on um, on working with data in one form or another, primarily financial, but but uh, very often uh, operational. Uh, I spent uh, I spent I spent six years working in the telecom industry with uh, with a fair amount of operational responsibility and um there's an awful lot of data there that needs to get um that, that somebody needs to make sense of i think it was uh um i think it was uh, herbert arrow or, or who uh he was a uh, an economist who said that information actually has a cost attached to it and that information is management attention and i remember reading about that in uh, in business school and and that was sort of like an aha moment for me is that there's a if you can develop a way to make better sense of data that can become a real sustainable competitive advantage. So that's something that I always that's been it's been a bias of mine for 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 a long time, and it's sort of it's 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 largely affected my my approach to business problem solving and and to uh, to basically to the way I do uh, what I do. So fast forward a few years, uh, and uh, my partner and I were watching the presidential debates uh, in 2012, uh, President Obama and uh, Mitt Romney. And whatever your personal politics may be is almost secondary because after every debate, you had no matter what channel you were watching, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, every, every station would then go through what we call focus group theater where they would then cut to you know, a studio where you, had, uh, you know, where you had a moderator and he was asking questions and everybody had uh, you know, little boxes with a dial on it. That's where we got the name, live dial. And... The, I mean, it was it was a cute exercise, but the notion that that somehow was indicative of undecided voters in uh, Ohio or Indians in Florida or you know elderly retirees in Virginia, um, it just seemed, frankly, antiquated. And um, one thing I remember from from statistics in in, uh, in school was that sampling is, is 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 well and good, but sampling is what you is your fallback. It's what you rely on when you can't ask everybody. And so we asked ourselves, what if there was a way to ask everybody? What if there was a way to distribute uh, surveys on any topic instantly to to an essentially unlimited audience? And we asked ourselves, if you had 5 million people on debates, why can't you have some mechanism for them to, to all essentially get, uh, for, for them all to see the same questions and to give you it to 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 get to respond with answers um, that's essentially structured data that's not just you know freeform content like on Facebook or Twitter, but you know scale of one to ten you know uh, the support strongly support you know uh, oppose strongly oppose whatever the question and then as the data comes in in real time now you're getting some real you're getting just through the volume you're getting some 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 really useful information so. We, we, we played with that idea a little bit more. And what we, we, we ultimately settled on is, 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 is the app itself, the Live Dial app. Um, there's a, uh, a profile 
where you have to tell us a few things about yourself. All right, not, no personal identifying information. I don't need your name. I don't want you or your date of birth. Uh, we're trying to stay on the right side of the creepy line. So your year of birth is sufficient. I need your gender, your marital status, and your zip code. Now, I still I don't know who you are, but now I know enough about you where what you now becomes very interesting to a lot of different people in a lot of different industries. So again, you download this app for free, you tell me a little bit about yourself, and we uh, and you get points uh, for responding for each survey that you respond to, and then we use those points one to help you know to to rank and identify who the um, who the most active users are, uh, but also to give out uh, 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 gift codes to Amazon, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Target. Um, so the math that our users do is, okay, I downloaded this app for free, I answered a bunch of questions, and now I'm getting free stuff online. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool calculus. Um, anyway, so, so uh, fast forward a couple months, and a friend of mine posted on Facebook um, that uh, his lease is up, and he's looking for, uh, he's, he's trying to decide which, which car he should get now, it should he should he get the new Maxima or a new Camry? At whatever the you know the lease rate was, you know it was, say it was the same number. Which one should I get? Posted on Facebook, maybe two of them were actually useful, and so that was another sort of light bulb moment for me where I read that and I said, one second, what he's asking without actually articulating is. Not my entire Facebook circle of friends, because frankly, you know, I don't care what my aunt in you know Los Angeles thinks or my brother-in-law in Miami thinks. Mm -hmm. I care about what married dads within a couple of years of my age have to pop with Metro New York City traffic and weather. I care what that little piece of the pie as opposed to the whole circle. That's that. Those are the opinions that matter to me the most. Mm -hmm. So. Those are the most wanting him. Access to the circle, he'd, he'd get more. He, but he got a lot of content. He didn't get really very much data. That that sort of solidified the, the the concept for us that if you could if you could strip away the noise and make it so that people can extract the underlying data. What do you, people who are most like me think about uh, you know this topic, this issue, which movie I should see with my kids this weekend, which car I should get, you know, who, what do you think about this particular political issue, who should the, the Giants draft next season, whatever the issue is. Um, so now there's, there's, there's a lot more depth and dimension to the underlying data. So that was the, um, that was essentially our starting off point. And uh, that's, uh, that's how we began development, and, that, and that's the uh, that's the app that we that ultimately debuted. Got it. Okay, cool. So, Life Plan. You know, the the company today. You know, how is it doing? You know, are you able to share? You know, number of customers, users, and revenue. So, um, so revenue. We're still early stage. We're we're we are we're we're we have a revenue we have revenue generating uh, enterprise deals. That's essentially the uh, uh, what the business model is predicated on. It's free for users. And enterprise users get access through the website to advanced features and analytics, uh, and that's the the um, the model. Uh, so right now, where we uh, we just passed seven thousand downloads uh, a while ago, so we've got we've got a nice distribution. We're in all fifty states. Um, you know, we've got uh, you know an interesting balance of users all over the place, and we're uh, we're seeing some 
some some on, on certain questions, we're seeing some some really interesting um, you know identities and correlations, and and uh, and frankly some 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 discorrelations, I guess uh, you know where, where where we wouldn't have necessarily uh, uh, expected it. Um, apparently, uh, America was really really into the Kim Kardashian Kanye West wedding. <laughs> cool, great. So yeah, you know. You're, what really stands out to me is you know you have this corporate finance background and then now you you've transitioned into being an entrepreneur which you don't see really often so you know how has your finance background helped with the transition? Uh, that's a great question. So on the one hand, um, most people in corporate finance tend to be a little bit more buttoned up and, and a little more risk averse. So I would say that this is on the one hand the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> Um, but on the flip side, um, being a numbers person and being a, uh, what I would call a high, uh, of data and data products, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm evangelizing a little bit. This is something where, where I, in, in a way, what we're trying to do is to democratize, uh, opinion polling. We're trying to, um, to, to broaden and to simplify, um, better, data-driven decision-making. So whether you're a you know, major multinational corporation or just a guy who wants to know, you know which movie he, you know, he, he should take his kids to see this weekend, um, the, 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 the notion that uh, data-driven decision-making is generally superior to you know, no process, um, I don't think that's really up for, up for discussion at this point anymore. So what we're doing is we're, is we're we're trying to that, uh, that that the power of that uh, to tap social media networks uh, or your personal contacts or you know whatever modality you want to use um, in order to like I said in order to make better data driven decisions. Got it. Okay, cool. You know, er- earlier before the interview, you know, you talked about a new a new product that you think would be really interesting to uh, you know marketers in particular. Um, so can you talk a little bit about this this product or this feature? <laughs> Sure. So I was asking about which, um, yeah, so th- this feature is called Mirror Me. And um, what it does is it enables you to, uh, uh, in a way, it sort of disintermediates the, the, uh, the, the growth of your social, uh, of, of your digital media network. So if you are, let's say, a 45-year-old doctor and, you know, and you've got a question about, you know, so it really doesn't matter what, but the, the, it's, it's predicated on the assumption and that that doctors that other doctors um, with with similar backgrounds to yours um, will probably be a useful sounding board for certain questions or issues or or or, or, or whatever it is. So, uh, for example, you might want to use that to see what um, you know. If you're a 45 year old, uh, uh, I don't know, gastrointestinal uh, specialist, you might want to know what others like you think about a, a new therapy, a new protocol, a new procedure. Um, and this could be a very easy way to do that, to connect with people that you'd otherwise, you wouldn't be able to connect with. And again, it's, it's all, it's, it's predicated on, uh, on the profile that you build and the more complete that profile is, the more you tell us about yourself, obviously the more effective, uh, this tool is going to be. I'll give you another example. So, um, our television broke, uh, must be like a month ago. And I, first thing I did, I went on Amazon, I looked at, I looked at the reviews and, Again, now because I was thinking about it, I looked at the reviews and, I, and I, it, it hit me for the first time that the sort of underlying assumption is that every review is equally weighted. I mean, they've got thumbs up, thumbs down. How many people found it useful? But you kind of have to look at every review in order to in order to, to assess that. Um, if you're, a, I don't know, let's say a 45 year old looking at a, at a new television, um, 
right? So there's going to be reviews from, let's say, 70-year-olds who, you know, maybe didn't appreciate or, uh, or didn't care about um, some, of the, uh, some of the new technology or some of the advanced features. Um, and it may be, let's say, uh, you may have gotten a lower rating from, let's say, younger uh, consumers who are more price conscious. So in, uh, on either deviation by, 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 uh, by, by a number of years uh, is going to drag down the average, whereas if you focus on people primarily sort of where you are demographically, mm-hmm. You know, it might have been a five-star rating as opposed to a, you know, two-star rating. Got it. Okay, cool. So, I mean, obviously, you know, this would be very helpful for, you know, any any type of e-commerce giant. And I, I can see this applying to, you know, various different businesses too. So, I mean, is the plan to eventually take this to like an Amazon or someone like that to kind of distribute it? Or what's the plan with it? It's almost like I set you up for that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that. That's something we'd like to do. We, we, we'd like to uh, to incorporate that. Uh, and if you could do a you know a very quick uh, survey, let's say you know on the on the uh, on the shopping cart page, um, if you could just poll people who are most like you and say, hey guys, this new smoker, this new grill, this new you know whatever it is, um, I'm kind of curious. You know, what do you guys think? You know, do you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Whatever it is, now you can. That's something that can that can have a that can have a big impact on your purchase decision. Love it. Let me know when that goes live. You know, I'd be curious to test that out myself. Sure, um, absolutely. Cool, great. So, you know, I want to jump back a little, a little bit. You know, going back to your corporate finance background, because I have friends in the in the you know in the finance world, and that's kind of been you know what they've conditioned. They've been you know trained to kind of do that. You know, and you know, like you said, a lot of people they might be risk adverse. They don't want to try new things. I mean, like. I guess what got you to make the entrepreneurial jump from from a finance background? Because, like you said, you don't typically see that. No, you don't, and then, and that's uh, that's actually true. Um, the um, it's 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 difficult to 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 really pinpoint. Um, it's and this is something that that I that I have seen with other entrepreneurs. It's 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 a bet. It's you're making a bet that something that speaks to you that you see as obvious. Is something that you'll be able is, is something whose value you'll be able to convey to other people. Now you can't just you know come out of the shower one day and say you know oh I get it I got to do you know this app this is going to be the future. Um, so obviously again coming from a corporate background you know, this is something that you want to think about something that you want to you know sketch out a little bit uh, you know think through and you want to consult with people. It's this it requires a certain intellectual humility. Um, obviously going into it knowing that you don't know everything. Um, so the first thing you want to do is you want to bounce it off people that you, you believe are smarter than you are. Um, so we did that. And, um, I was actually initially fairly skeptical of it. Um, I said, it sounds like a cute idea. And then eventually I said, ah, it sounds like a cute app. And then finally, you know, after talking to people who, um, you know, we spoke to some people in politics, some people in sports some people in media, um, we realized that this, this is more than an app. This could be, a, this could be a real business. Got it. Okay. So, you know, any, I'll give you the persona here. So let's say I'm a 25 year old guy, you know, I went to a great school. I work for a big investment group right now. I'm pulling in, you know, three to 400 K a year. I look like a hot shot. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how does someone, you know, what are some things that I guess, you know, let me figure out a way to frame this. You know, how, how does someone make that? You just talked about how you made the jump, but, um, you know, what are, what are some other key things someone needs to do to, you know, go into the entrepreneurial world? Because, I mean, you know, being in the finance world is totally different from, you know, going through the struggles of, of being an entrepreneur where you're getting punched in the face every day, which I'm sure you're dealing with right now. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, it's not comfortable anymore at all. No. No, that's, uh, that's true. 
Um, I would say that you, uh, well, the first thing would be, you know, try to put some money away because you're going to have ups and downs. So, so definitely, uh, go into it prepared from that perspective. Uh, another perspective, actually, you just, you hit the nail right on the head is you've got to be comfortable dealing with, uh, very different people. Um, having spent, you know, most of my career in corporate finance, um, there's a certain, I guess the longer you spend in it, the, 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 the more of a, sort of demographic homogeneity really starts to, to take hold. And, and uh, it doesn't matter, you know, ethnicity or anything, but it's really personality type. So, you know, at some point you're, you're, you're surrounded primarily by people who think more or less alike, who, who, whose approach to problem solving is more or less alike, who, you know, so th- th- there tends to be a lot of overlap um, on big things. And uh, some people are fine with it. Some people, you know, find it a little bit uh, stultifying. Um, but uh, in order to uh, in order to make that move, you have to be comfortable uh, interacting with some very different personality types. So uh, you're going to have to, you know, if you're not a coder, if you're not a developer, you're going to have to find one. Okay, that's those people are pretty different from from corporate finance types. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not funding it yourself, you're going to have to talk to investors. Those people are very different from corporate finance types. Um, you're going to be interacting with, I mean, anything technology based you're going to be interacting with attorneys so there's um there's there's definitely going to be somewhat of a learning curve there i mean in corporate finance you obviously deal with attorneys as well but um when this is you know when it's your baby when 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 you're responsible for everything um it uh, it, you you realize that there is no detail that you don't get to sweat there's no detail that you can really delegate to somebody else so um it uh it really requires a certain Organization is not the word. It re- requires um, an attentiveness and a focus that I would say borderlines on pathological. It requires a, a, a basically it's a it's a it's a, it's a bundle of different neuroses that you can kind of channel and harness and make work for you. Got it. No, I love it, and, and this is perhaps something we can dive into, you know, another time. Um, so you you know you talked about I, I believe it was seven thousand downloads. Is that correct? Yeah, a little more. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get your you know your first thousand downloads? Um, okay, so that's a great question. Um, so we initially we started uh, with, uh, with mostly with uh, friends and family. Um, we started there, and then we 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 began advertising on uh, on Facebook. Um, so that was uh, that was the next step. And then the the advertising we did was was kind of um, it was more targeted and focused than um, than than some rollouts are. You know, we 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 wanted to to really finish polishing up and 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 uh, uh, and make sure that the uh, that the app was ready for prime time. Um, and so we um, so like I said, we we rolled it out in a somewhat targeted approach. Um, and uh, we did we we used. Um, uh, we used a couple of other advertising platforms because um, our focus was we wanted to get as broad a, a base as, as possibly because, um, again, something that's, that's predicated on you know, different people coming together to, to share opinions on whatever issue is you want some uh, – which ideally what you want is some, is some balance reflecting the actual you – know, an actual cross-section of, of the population. Um, so you know, we had to venture outside you know, the you know, 30 miles from New York City. Otherwise – uh, um, you know, we just weren't we just weren't going to get that. So we've got at this point some of our most active uh, users are in Texas or in Indiana or in you know Kentucky or in California. Got a bunch in Hawaii. Got it. Okay, cool. And I look forward to seeing seeing it continue to grow. Um, so you know, what's what's one big struggle you faced so far while growing this thing? Um, one big struggle. Uh, I would say that it's it's. Um, it's like I touched on earlier. Um, it's where you've got in your mind, 
you know, the vision of the, not just the product, but the value that it brings. Um, and okay. So in your mind, that's already settled and you're, you're, you're playing past that already. Now you're playing, okay. And the next generation is where we want to do this. And then, oh, and then once we're done with that, that'll position us to, oh, this is we're going to take over the world by Jeffy. And, and, and you're, 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 it's very easy to start thinking so many moves ahead that it can become now more difficult to, uh, to discuss with, with people who aren't, you know, in your head. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a challenge. And, 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 and I've, I've, I noticed that early on, so I've been more conscious of it. Um, it's very easy to fall so deeply in love with your, with your project, with your app, with your, with your, with your idea that, it it actually ends up introducing a little more distance between you and people who aren't you, um, and you, you kind of have to be mindful of that um, in order to 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 continue um, in in order to 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 prevent that from 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 complicating uh, your your ability to um, to discuss it to, and and to and, and to really I would say sell it, but to, you know to 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 to, to relay uh, you know just why and how it can it can deliver so much value. Okay. Got it. And so, you know, it sounds like you have to, sometimes you get stuck in a bubble and I totally get what you're talking about and you have to be able to be mindful enough to break out of that bubble every now and then. Right. Got it. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. So, you know, um, for, for the people, so I, I talked about you coming from a finance background and going into entrepreneurship, but you know, myself, I'm like, fuck, you know, sometimes I, I, I need to censor that out, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, I, I need to, I need to understand finance better. You know, sometimes I, maybe perhaps I need to understand mergers and acquisitions and things like that. So how does an entrepreneur, you know, where, where what resources can they go look at to get a better, a better foothold on, on finance? That's a great question. And that's, I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad you phrased it that way. Um, because our, our attorney actually, and this is, I've, I having been a, consultant uh as um i appreciate the value that advisors bring to the table there's plenty of advisors who bring no value but good advisors um are usually very good at not just thinking inside their box but sort of thinking a little bit beyond it in a number of different directions so something that, that our attorney pointed out was when it comes to um i think it was content development strategy so I was explaining to him what we were doing, and he, he, he kind of heard me out. And then he said, you know, I just want to give you a little reminder. He said, you're the general, all right? It's not your job to fight every battle yourself. Mm -hmm. It's your job to make sure that the right soldiers are in the right locations to fight each individual battle. So I kind of like that analogy. Mm. And his point was, don't be afraid to reach out to people who know more than you it's not your job to become the expert on everything. Should, that's just not possible. And frankly, it's not productive. Mm -hmm. If you need to, if you need some domain expertise, then what, what makes a lot more sense for a couple of reasons is to reach out to someone who is an expert. And this is, so, so, so there's a couple of benefits that one, it expands your network and that's valuable in and of itself. Two, it saves you time. And instead of, again, it, it, assuming you've got a fairly steep learning curve, that's fine. But that's still time that you're spending on that is time that you're not spending on the nuts and bolts of growing your business. Mm -hmm. That's two. And then um, three, it's that it's um, it's also it, it's almost impractical. There, 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 there's there's secondary and tertiary benefits to reaching out to other people because um, they, they, they there's they can 
they, they don't have the, the, the biases and the prejudices, meaning they don't have all the baggage that you're bringing into the conversation. So you might be going into looking up a specific uh, you know, issue or a specific question and just to answer a couple of questions that you had and say, okay, that was, that was the, 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 the answer I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But somebody who has no idea who you need to kind of get up to speed, say, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm trying. They'll say, oh, no, that's not what you want at all. No, 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 no. I'm glad I asked. What you really want is not XYZ, it's ABC. Mm. And you can tap into the expertise of people who, who, uh, who've been, it's, it's uh, of people who are real domain experts without having to become one yourself. And what ends up happening is almost invariably, um, it grows your network in a very positive direction. Got so it. that can, now, so when it comes to, to something technology oriented like this, that can obviously, that can be reaching out to finance people, that can be reaching out to marketing specialists, that can be reaching out to prof- Professors that can be reaching out to, to to people in a number of different spheres um, where, where where your paths might never cross otherwise, but almost invariably it's it's a it's just it's it's a, it's a good exercise to go through because your your one of your biggest assets as a professional is your network, is your network and, and the people that you know and what they think of you. So um, the uh, the the more you can expand that and build on that, um, ultimately the more. Uh, the more problems you'll be able to solve, the more resources you'll be able to tap, the more effective you'll be able to be at whatever it is you're, you're, you're trying to accomplish. Got it. Okay. So, you know, and that's a really, really helpful answer. And the, that, that ties into kind of going, you know, when you need to go deep, you know, you talk to an expert, totally agree with that. But what if someone wants to, you know, just kind of get the surface, get a surface view of, you know, how, how finance is or basically, yeah. Basically, the surface view of finance, where it, it's like, when, if I go talk to an expert, I'm not a total idiot. Ah, okay. Um, so, again, I'm I'm kind of bringing my own biases into this, but I, I one of the ways I learned how to read was was uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, with my dad when I was uh, like eight or and nine years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's difficult to I think to improve on spending some time with a publication like the Wall Street Journal every day. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really good way to, um, to just to familiarize yourself at least you know, at a high level with what the big issues are. And whether it's in marketing or in you know, finance or, or whatever it is, um, you get some pretty good background and you understand who the players are and you get a pretty good summary of what the, what the major issues are. If you want to go kind of you know, one layer down, um, you know, if you want to talk, if you've never done this before and you want to talk about, you know, how valuation is done, mm-hmm. um, uh, you're not going to get that out of a newspaper. That's going to be, that, that's going to be a, a little bit harder. Um, I will say this though, there are certain, um, there are certain business school professors. One of them from, I went to NYU business school. So Aswat Motoran, um, he's one of the, uh, you know, foremost, uh, experts on, on specific issues like valuation. So he's got a lot of material up on his website. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that's probably a great place. That's a great resource to look at. Um, so it's, it's, in other cases you have to, uh, much like expanding and, and curating your own, uh, you know, personal and professional network, you have to kind of become your own curator of information also. So, so, so it's uh, and, and and for that, uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, can be actually LinkedIn also can be can be great resources as well because you got, you have a good network. You can say, hey guys, I need a you know refresher on uh, you know on valuing startups. You know, and you know, but the forty people going to the same link, you know, that's that's out of your network. That's that's going to be uh, that that should be pretty meaningful. Got it. And, and I totally agree with that. You know, especially with Twitter. I mean, once Twitter has a, a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get it right, you know, the, the news right. you get there is invaluable. And I, I think people need to start realizing that more. Um, so I totally agree with you. LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Um, so, you know, what's, we're, we're changing gears a little bit here. You know, what's, if you could go back in time, you know, talk to your 25 year old self, you know, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? 
Oh, wow. Network, network, network. <clears throat> Never. Um, I would say that th those would be the top three pieces of advice. Um, <laughs> don't. Um, it's very tempting, I would say, to get complacent. Um, but there's a big world out there. Um, there's a lot of people who know more than you. Um, and that knowledge has often been acquired uh, expensively, one way or another. So I would say network, 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 because in many cases, um, people like to share the wisdom of their experience, uh, one. And two, um, you may find yourself in a position where, you know, you'll be called upon to share, you know, the wisdom of, called from your own experience. Um, and um, you, uh, you can, when you have um, a, a, a real professional network of people whose judgment and expertise you trust, um, that's, that can be, that can be very powerful when it comes to getting things done, when it comes to, uh, you know, figuring out a solution to a particular problem, where it comes to getting an introduction to a, uh, you know, to somebody that you're looking for. Um, there's, there's, it's, I wouldn't say, you know, it's necessarily a, a, a straight line, like, a or a, a simple function like a Metcalf's law, uh, when it comes to your personal network. But if what you, is, what is, sorry about that. What's, what's Metcalf's law? Oh, Metcalf's law is a, um, uh, it's a really, it's more of an approach to valuing uh, a network, uh, which uh, he, he essentially boiled it down to the value of a network is uh, simply a function of the square of the number of people in the network. Okay, got it. So, you know, a, a network of, you know, three people, you know, was, let's say, of a network of two people. So it's, a, it's an exponential function. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, I didn't mean straight line, I meant just a simple, you know, function that mm -hmm. um, it's a... Um, there's 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 tremendous value to uh, to 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 managing actively managing and directing the growth of your personal of your professional network. Um, and uh, what's interesting is that is that being conscious of that now, I'm I'm finding out from other friends of mine, from an attorney here, from an accountant here, people who drive two hours out of their way once a week go working meeting. And I was really, I was surprised by this. I mean, you're talking about, you know, partners of law firms and they say, you have no idea. You just, you, you talk to people and we talk to the other attorneys and, you know, and somebody's got a case that's not for him. And he, you know, next thing you know, you've got a referral and you've got, you've got a fantastic relationship. Um, that's just one isolated example. But um, I, it, it's, it's been my experience that um, some of the most successful people are people who are people, people are people who want to meet new people who want to, um, you know, sort of, figure out two things. One, can I be of value to you? Two, can you be of value to me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of establish that as another connection. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be right away. It could be six months, could be, you know, whatever it is. Um, you could be looking for a question. And I'll say, oh, Eric's looking for a question on this. Oh, this is great. I, I just met this guy, Yali. You know, Eric, you should talk to Yali. He, should be, he, he can help you out. Got it. Okay. And when you say, when you say networking, you know, I'm trying to think of something actionable for the audience. You know, do you? What do you exactly mean by that? What's what's something that someone can do that's watching this that can you know, where they can just go out and network? You know, tonight. Um, okay, that's another great question. So uh, let me give a couple of examples. So uh, you know, being being right uh, in commuting distance to New York uh, to New York City. Um, I sometimes have actual events called networking events that are sponsored by. Um, I, Either, uh, you know, my school or, or certain, um, you know, uh, let's say tech entrepreneurs in the, in the New York City area, you know, or marketing, uh, you know, people who are just looking to get together. And 
uh, they, you had, they had, and that's just a pure networking event. You bring a stack of cards with you, and you, uh, and you're probably going to go through your your elevator pitch, I don't know, 15, 20, 30, 40 times in that night. Mm-hmm. It can be tiring, but if you come away with three, four, you know, useful new contacts, um, you know, that can easily be time very well spent. That's that, that's one. Two, uh, it could be. Uh, your you could have an alumni network you know depending on where you went to school some of them are much more active and robust than others um so that's uh that's easy to to to, uh, to get involved with either on facebook or linkedin um they publicize that a lot and that's an opportunity to connect with people who you know who are who are you know in in the school you went to who graduated from there you know um there's um there's there's oftentimes there's uh there's 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 a lot of good contacts to be made there um and in other cases, it could be uh, volunteering, it could be uh, not-for-profits, it could be, you know, uh, political organizations, it could be, um, you know, any place where you've got, you know, a big gathering of people that, um, you know, that, that where you share something values-wise, it could be professional, it could be political, it could be religious, it could be whatever it is, um, you know, there's, there's, odds are there, there, there's some interesting people there. And if you're, if you're, if your approach is, Again, I don't want to make it seem too professionally oriented, but if you're a people person or if you realize the value of acting like a people person, um, you know, you could meet some really interesting people just by going and introducing yourself and having some conversations. So um, it's uh, in some cases, it's 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 an outlook. It's how you view certain things. You can view a conference. You can view any sort of a, you know professional conference. It could be a networking event as you know, you could just show up, take notes, listen to the speaker and go home or you can you know stick around ask some questions you know strike up some conversations give out a few business cards and you know and guess what you're networking totally and and you know i like the thing that you said about it's it's all about adding value to the other person first before anything else you know i found in the beginning when i first started networking maybe like four or five years ago it's you know it's a very transactional from my side it's like who can i meet who can i meet but then when you reverse that and you, you you start to think about how can i add more value it starts to become much easier Right, and that's actually that's that, that's very interesting. I went to a uh, to a meeting with um, it was actually it was an, it was a, a pure networking event with some uh, business journalists um, a, a month or two ago, and uh, somebody asked them. They said, "Well, how do I get you know covered on CNBC? How do I get covered on you know on Fox uh, Business News? How do I get covered on you know on whatever uh, you know uh, on on a couple of different uh, online properties?" Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Look, we're, we're busy people." You know, we're we're always looking for something interesting, but we can't. You know, we're going to miss some things. So the easier you make it for us, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you if you if you say, hey, here's my pitch. You guys should do a, a segment on me. I mean, realistically, you're probably like the thirtieth person to email them that day. Yep. But if you can weave it into something that you know that they that they've done in the past and say, hey, by the way, I love this piece that you did. You know, here's an interesting angle on it. If you want to do a follow up, you know, here's here, here's a couple of points. I'd love to you know sit down and talk about it. Now, right away, they're they're you, now you're making it a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. So if you can connect it to something where you know that it's relevant to them. Like you said, it's adding value. So if your app is 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 a is a is a travel app, and they've they've done a review on you know on on, on ten cool new travel apps or the tell you the top ten travel apps uh, out there, and uh, and you're coming up with one that blows them out of the water, um, you know that's the person that you probably want to talk to. So again, that tells them. That, I mean, there's some signaling going on here. Also, one, you're telling them that you've done some homework, mm-hmm. that you know who they are and what they've done. In the past. So the, right, this, you've at least gone out of your way a little bit. Um, and now you're you're taking you know your ask and you're weaving it into something that they have done, and here's an opportunity for them to you know to 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 to, to continue uh, informing their their public in a, in a valuable way. 
Got it. Cool. So, you know, that's, that, that's super helpful. And I, I think that's, you know, perhaps something we need to make into like an ebook on, on how to network uh, effectively. Um, but anyway, um, so what's, what's one product productivity hack you can share with the audience? Um, one productivity hack, I would say it's a, it, this can be counterintuitive, but get a good night's sleep and do it. Again. Um, a lot of people think that success is a function of, you know, all nighters and, and, and just denying body sleep as, 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 as often and for as long as you can and turning, uh, entrepreneurs into some sort of physical endurance contest. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a lot more than that. Um, I forget where I read this. It said that burning the candle at both ends is not nearly as important as just being awake during the day. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's something that I found that's, that's, that's interesting is that this happens to be kind of a rough week for me. Personally, this has been an extremely busy week. But uh, in general, when you are firing on all cylinders, um, it can be shocking how productive you can be and or, you know, you just had way too much coffee and it's not lunch. You know, I just, I sum myself like I'm stuck in and, you know, the to-do list is piling up and, you know, and just, you, you're sort of dragging through the day um, as opposed to when you're really, you know, uh, engaged and, 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 and on top of things, um, I find I, I can be, you know, two to three times as productive. Got it. Okay. It's interesting. Um, there's that investor, uh, James Altucker, um, and he said, you know, always the, the, the one thing he found after, I think, it, going into his 40s, he, all, he said, you know, it's all about getting eight to nine hours of sleep. You know, don't, don't, you know, don't cut yourself short on that. And I totally agree with that. You know, there's a lot of people that think they're being superheroes sleeping four to five hours a day, uh, but most people can't do that. So, you know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, final question from my side. Um, what's one must-read book you can share with the audience? One must-read book. Uh, I have to limit it to one, huh? Uh-huh. Um, let's see. One must-read book. What's provided you the most utility in the last few years? Maybe that, that, might, that might help. Um, it's going to sound a little bit trite at this point, but I would say that just because I, 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 I happen to be in the middle of it right now, the Super Freakonomics book, the, the latest one, Okay. How to think like a freak. Okay. Um, I think that it's again the reason it's a cliche is because it gets used a lot and and, and uh, rightly uh, very often that it's not about having the answers. Like I said before, once you've accepted that you can't possibly have all the right answers, mm -hmm. but you got to get them, so you got to go look for the people who might. So then it's not about having the right answers; it's about asking the right questions. And that can be painful for some people. Um, here, I'll give you another little hack. This is something where if I could go back to my 21-year-old self who just graduated from college, I would remind, because it took me a couple of years to learn this, I would say, ask the stupid question. Ask the stupid question every single time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something where I've seen over and over again, where I'll see people who just are will not they, they won't ask a question that's 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 that sounds stupid and then six months later they'll ask a question that essentially assumes they knew what that initial question was and then they finally just they say what you know what does this mean what does it mean when you know this does that 
And I've I just I've seen it so many times. The person they're asking, they do this kind of double take, like, wait, if you don't know the answer to that, how do you know any of the rest of this? Mm-hmm. Like, like, whoa, are we starting from square one following for the last six months? So um, that's one. Two, uh, I find sometimes that by asking the stupid question, especially in a, in a, in a meeting where it's like possibly the most intimidating environment to do that, um, ask the stupid question because somebody's going to say, oh, that's a stupid question. You know, we're, we're trying to do, you know, ABC. And then somebody says, wait, I thought we were trying to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, your question, not that it, your question should have been asked by everybody mm-hmm. because nobody knew what, you know, the, the answer to that question. It's, it's, it can be, like I said, very intimidating to do that. But, um, but like they say, I mean, that, that's, that's, that it's, those are the guys who usually figure stuff out faster. Um, by just don't be afraid to look stupid. I think it was Ted Turner who said, um, every meeting he goes to, he brings at least 10, he brings 10 ideas, at least nine of which are, are embarrassingly stupid. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And, and I totally agree with that. You know, you can't be embarrassed to ask a stupid question. And then, uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, the knowledge you, you pick up compounds just like, uh, exactly. like interest. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, um, Yali, you know, it was great having you on the show, everyone. Uh, Yali Elkin from Live Dial, you know, download his app. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Yali, definitely want to have you on the show again sometime soon. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Thanks again for your time and uh, keep up the great work. All right. Take care.